Hi, everybody. Uh, this is me and Ryan's attempt at doing a sort of video analysis review. Yeah, type, something like that. Type series. Um, we are watching the '80s sci-fi classic anime, uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, it is kind of regarded as like the holy grail of, like, otaku stuff, like... That's what I've heard. Now, I have yet to actually watch this. I've only heard a lot of good Same. stuff. Same. I'm, like, I'm nowhere near being, a, like, versed in this. I have all of the English releases of the books so far, and from what I've read of it, it's been quite interesting, but also quite hefty, so I thought maybe... You know, jump into the show, see how we feel, yeah. <laughs> try not? to get a vibe of it, so. We are, yeah, I'm just gonna kind of record our thoughts as we go. What we're gonna do is, um, we'll watch a singular episode, and then we will, or I guess we'll, pa- we'll pause the podcast, we'll watch a singular episode come back to it and just give our like immediate thoughts feelings all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um maybe in the future we'll do sort of like a as we're watching commentary type thing but just for right now this is just gonna be watch an episode record and then pause it again watch another episode yada 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 and keep giving our thoughts and so far so far so, I guess we will start with the theatrical film, uh, My Conquest is the Sea of Stars. Uh, I don't know why this is one of those franchises that decided, hey, the movie starts everything. And it, it wasn't like, uh, from what I've read online, it wasn't like uh, this was a solo project and then like a couple years after they're like, let's develop Man, let's it. let's do a whole series. It was, it was like, an OVA series. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, movie comes out in theaters and then like a month or so after the TV series starts. So like very much from the beginning, they're like, this is intentional. Watch this film, then jump into this stuff. So uh, we are going to dive into that and we will be back in a moment. <laughs> interesting way to begin a series so basically what this was more or less to establish who's fighting who and who our two main characters are yeah being 
Yang? Yang Wen Lee, I believe is how you say it. Yeah. And Reinhard von Musel, although I know he changes his last name from Musel to Lowengram, I think, later. Something to do with political stuff. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's. I think it's really interesting to start a series with a movie that, uh, again, for what I read, I believe they played in Japanese theaters. Uh, but Japan has a history of playing, like, short of... A yeah. s- sort of, like, hour-long OVAs in theaters for some reason, and, like... I think they're... I don't think they're, like, a full price of admission type thing. I think it's almost like a... It's like a special screening kind of thing. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the battles are, um, they're a lot more slow-paced than probably what you would see in, like, a modern animation. I've watched a bit of the remake that just came out this last year. Yeah, there is a remake. Um, the battles are way more dynamic in that, but I think that's just, you know, upgrade and technology. Upgrade, yeah, you got a lot more stuff to work with. This is, this is like, hey, we're gonna play basically like symphony music over slow like aircraft carrier sort this type would combat. Be <laughs> like watching old footage of naval battles yeah from like the 1940s almost like I, th- I think they were trying to draw from like world war ii stuff oh like yeah a lot I, of like those kind of things one of my notes is is that like i'm seeing a lot of influence from 20th century war epics and a lot of like real world, uh, real life naval combat, and that it's a lot more slow pace. It's almost like submarine combat, almost. Yeah, and definitely more of like a tactics game than anything. Like if you're coming here for it's like, oh, I want like the punchy shooty. I want the the ace pilot, <laughs> and you follow him throughout the battle. Like you're not really gonna get that. You we got a bit of a glimpse of it with like. When they sent out their their uh, smaller fighters, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, it is very much a naval, like a very naval style uh, of battle uh, and just general tactics. I do like the uh, yeah the choice to focus on the commanders instead of like an ace pilot or something because we've seen that a lot of times throughout, like especially in like Gundam. Like you see, you we've seen Char like mm. go around and just wipe out entire uh, Federation forces. Yeah, uh, I like I like the Empire's aesthetic. Like everything about how they operate as a society is just like this is going to be regal as fuck. Our ships are not going to look like, like, for example, the Republic ships kind of look like clunky military S ships, whereas the Empire ships are, like, these majestic, like, uh, they've, all, they've got, like, curves to them and, like, um, lots of decorations yeah. on the outside to give them kind of that, that royalty look to it almost. And I think that kind of goes to show you where both of the they're they they're all like, I- where ideologies. They're at, yeah where they're at respectively with yeah ideologies and everything because it's like oh republic just wants to be like we are militaristic and i mean they even at the end of the episode uh are talking to their secretary of defense so yeah it's almost like a democracy 
while the, the empire is much more uh, of a monarchy almost yeah or like uh, autocracy yeah i feel like it's a dictatorship but i just don't know if they've dived into that fully yet um i guess we should go over what the first episode so the first episode is basically two battles uh one of them is takes place on this planet this planet in atmosphere yeah kind of like a almost like a saturn or like a jupiter-esque planet. A, a gas giant planet yeah and so the first battle happens there and then the second battle uh which apparently is the fourth battle of tiamat i want to say tiamat uh, or something yeah. like that yeah which is extremely interesting that there's been three previous like, two they, map they battles. They pointed out when uh, when they went to the gas giant that it was like uh, been fought over for over like a hundred years or something. So it really makes you think of like of basically like smaller places being fought over for various reasons. Like look at like the Middle East fighting over yeah. where like Israel is and Jerusalem. Mainly for religious reasons, or or whatever reasons were there, yeah. or even like tactically, like, uh, let's try and think. Something like the Rhineland in Germany, which is like the big industrial district of Germany, and that was heavily fought over, uh, mainly to cut off German resources, yeah. uh, during like the Second World War and stuff. Yeah. Even just hills and stuff, <laughs> like in the First World War, where it's just, you maybe get like, <laughs> fight for a hundred days for maybe three miles of land? Mm. Yeah. I think it's interesting that like, we definitely got to see, I don't know if it was their main base, but we definitely got to see one of the main fortress bases of the mm-hmm. Empire, whereas like when they were talking with the Republic or whatever, um, it kind of seemed like they were hinting at they have somewhere that they retreat to after a while, but it wasn't shown, so I hope that, and they probably will expand on that in later episodes of the show, but... I assume we'll get, like, scenes of them going back to, like, the home base to be, like, refit and all that. Yeah. I think it's really cool how they, like, uh, the Empire docked into their place. It basically... Oh, like, it's visually stunning. Yeah, so what it is, this is, like, the ships are flying in, like, the vacuum of space, so, like, you know, black, black with the stars in the background, and then as they approach this base, it's almost like a reflective water surface yeah. like, in space, and they dive into it, and I think that kind of calls back to the whole submarine mm-hmm. combat thing, almost, yeah. where it's, like, we're <laughs> lowering ourselves into the water and then... Descend in. Yeah. yeah. Uh... It also reminds me of, uh, you remember in Gurren, uh, when they're in space and, like, they get, uh, sucked into what's basically, like, a black hole almost, and it's almost like water and stuff? Oh, it's been a while since I've watched Gurren. I feel like It was in the second half, yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that. It's where Keaton has his big hero moment. Ah. Um... So yeah, the episode is basically um, Reinhardt and Wenli sort of their first initial contact with one another through these two battles. You've got Reinhardt on the side of the Empire. He's kind of like the blonde golden boy 
uh, the upstart, uh, very understands combat and really understands yeah. his fleet and how to really operate yeah. it, but is not very respected because of his uh, association with his sister and how she's like, um, I feel like she's like maybe one of those scenarios where like she got married off to one of the, the royal yeah. family type things. So power every, through marriage. Yeah. So everybody oh, refers yeah. to Reinhardt as like the, uh, up the, her skirt so like in her favor is really close to her all that kind of stuff and they kind of resent him for that but he is really good at combat (laughs) so like he's slowly trying to be like okay if i'm gonna make leaps and bounds i have to like show my technical prowess in like these battles and stuff so he's kind of got a thing to prove but he's also i feel like got his own intentions and is probably trying to vie for like that very high up position Again, in the empire in any case like this where this is a very political kind of show there's going to be a lot of bids for power so i definitely see reinhardt trying to like climb the ranks yeah and then it's interesting because on the opposite spectrum of that then you have wenli of the M- or the republic and he's he's almost kind of reluctant to do what he's doing but again is a brilliant strategist, but he's kind of in the same position where he's getting shut down by his superiors, even though, you know, he's whispering he's to saying, his best, he's whispering to his best friend, like, like, oh, hey, if we did X, Y, or Z, we'd get out of this a lot sooner than whatever the commander was trying to do in that one battle. Um, but, yeah, so it's, you've got very interesting polar opposites of each other. You've got Somebody that is very much vying for, um, like, throne ship and all that kind of stuff, and is being... They both are getting disrespected in different ways, but they're both trying to... I I don't know. Make the best of their situations, almost. It just... uh, Yeah, it seems like Wenli is so reluctant to get into it, but he really has good intentions behind him. Like... He's thinking the best for the fleet, how to get as many people out alive when his commander is obviously trying to get a promotion, almost. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he comes out with a big hero thing, then uh he'll he'll get promoted, but it's gonna cost a lot more lives. Mm-hmm. It seems I I see hints of, like, the whole, like, pacifism versus, like, an assertive kind of command mm-hmm. with both of them, whereas, like, Wenli doesn't want all the, like, to engage all the time. It's like, well, let's maybe stand back here, or let's maybe, Observe, like... Observe, see what is the best course of Yeah, action, and, like, and he, then make a he calls it, like, in the first battle on the gas planet, he calls out the fact that, like, the Empire is attacking... S- for the sole reason that they can uh, create heat pressure so that the weather will be in their favor to win. And he sees this, and it, like, basically kind of saves his own, like, ship from not getting swallowed in, like, a huge explosion. But again, it's not it's not really like he's assertive in being like that. He's just like, you guys realize if we, like, don't do this? And it's, he's almost backseat driving. He's like an yeah. analyst. Yeah. 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 
And then, yeah, you've got Reinhardt that's just like, I will, <laughs> I will take what I need to take, and I will make risks just so that I can, like, um, you know, almost come back and be the hero at the end of the, like, in the second battle where he, uh, risks his fleet driving right through the center of where both fleets are, just so that when he gets through, if he gets through, that he can turn around and, like, almost be the cavalry for them? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was referred to. Like, the, uh, the commander of the, uh, Empire Forces, like, he's, he, uh, when Reinhardt does start his attack, he's like, oh, he must think that he's the cavalry or something. Literally says that. Uh, but yeah, like, Reinhardt is a lot more, he's more willing to take a risk if it leads to immediate benefit. But if it's, like, I, I feel like if it was a too high of a risk, he may almost hesitate or something. Yeah. But uh, uh, his gamble does work out in that second battle. Uh, because the, uh, the Republic forces don't even fire on him. Yeah, which is, yeah. And I, I yeah, that kind of shows the difference in how they want to command their battles. Um, but then, yeah, that's the other thing. It's almost, um, again, that assertive and passive thing, because later you have Wen Li somehow sneak up on Reinhardt's ship. Oh. It never, it <laughs> didn't really explain that. swoop out of nowhere. It's like, 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 like what, shit, what? How'd you get there? <laughs> How'd you get there, Wen Li? We're not too sure, but. Also, when, uh, the, uh, the, uh. The Republic are basically going over their status report. And like, yeah, we've suffered like two million casualties and this many ships. I was like, two million casualties. And, and so nonchalantly. Like, even though it's in Japanese with subtitles, you can tell by the way that the Japanese voice actors are saying that that's not a big deal to them. Like, they are just casually reading out, oh, yeah, two million plus people dead. <laughs> just dead. Yeah, that's that. Uh, we we had we suffered some losses, but we got some hits. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, going back to when Lee sneaking up on Reinhard again, that shows their differences because it's like because Reinhard is so focus driven, Wenli can kind of almost passively like look in another direction and be like, oh. Because you are so focused and because you're looking so straightforward, you get blindsided easy. I can, like, use that to create diversions that you'll focus on and then sneak behind you and, like, and that's probably how he ends up doing it. Even though I still think they should have had a radar system to pick him up. That, but... <laughs> like, that is kind of baffling that they didn't have, like, any sort of radar to, like... Hey, what is that? I get what the show is trying to say with it, but when you think about the logistics of it, you're like, well, wait a minute. Wait, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Reinhardt's way too focused, and Wen Lee can use that to his advantage, but <laughs> it's just, it's bizarre. Nobody else on the fleet is like, sir, we have incoming from, you know, coordinate X en or whatever. Enemy <laughs> ship is just barreling towards you. <laughs> you, want, you want us to do something about that? Yeah. Another favorite thing was that guy ripping up that 500, uh... Credit? Credit, uh, credit, I, I, no. I just He's, They're basically on the, um... That was the, uh, Republic, wasn't it? 
Yes, because yes, yeah. it was Wenli who came up to them. They're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. No, so the weird. Republic uh, fighters were having a bet to see how the battle was going to turn out, and one of their fighter pilots just takes like a five hundred note bill and rips it in half and puts it in both buckets. And I was like, "You realize now that's non legal?" Yeah. Like, like, I was like, like what? Uh, well, now you can't do anything with that. Um. Interesting that the Empire was uh, very limiting on how much free time, I guess, their soldiers get. Because they talk about, we're prepped for the battle tomorrow, so the rest of the day is yours. And then everybody is just, because they're so royal, just doing, like, really bourgeoisie shit. Yeah, they're... (laughs) It was, yeah. I, I was surprised they didn't cut to equestrian going on. Just riding horses and shit. Yeah. And it it does bring up a good thing though, because it shows that Reinhardt's uh Reinhardt's forces uh are out kinda having a good time at a bar and they see other members of their fleet kind of making fun of Reinhardt's sister, and it shows that they have such loyalty to Reinhardt because they're kinda like the other guys are making jokes and quipping and being like, Oh, I wanna see what's up her skirt and then like his crew is like you're disrespecting our commander, and we literally don't have any time for that. Plus, we're trying to enjoy our night. Like, we're gonna do something. We're gonna, about it. We're gonna fight you. <laughs> it's good. It shows that camaraderie. Whereas, I don't. Other than when Lee's one friend, I'm not really too sure who he has. He's got a lot of fangirls. He has his. Yeah, he. Oh, yes. <laughs> the entire pile of fan letters sitting oh, on his slide those. I need my tea, but I gotta sit on my desk and just brush away all these things. Um, yeah. I guess the other note I had is um, Wenli kind of offering himself up for the suicide mission, which, yeah, kind of almost plays into that. It's like, well, I've only got one friend and I'm sort of not being respected even though I have these ideas. So maybe doing this suicide mission it's it, like it'll get people in my favor yeah but i think it almost kind of screams like well if i'm not important to you enough as is maybe i should just do this and regardless of like dying or succeeding yeah this is a good move for me or like a move that he sees as good um either way his like that gamble actually kind of worked because it got the empire forces to fall back for a second there yeah. With their 8,000 troop diversion that was literally three ships shooting out decoy beacons. <laughs> it works. They, they, got, they got diverted, so. And then we have our final scene in which Reinhardt and Wendley uh, gaze into the stars, wondering who their opponent is. <laughs> and thus begins the legend of the Galactic Heroes. <laughs> Yeah. It's a good introductory for setting up everybody who they're going to be, what their importance is. Yeah. Yeah. Should we continue on to... I guess we should continue Technically, on. that was the first episode, which is a movie. Now we're in the, the real first episode, so... Um, we will be right back after watching uh, episode one of the... 110 episode Legend of the Galactic Hero Series.
I don't understand how a box set can be over a thousand dollars. Look, it has something to do with the Japanese license. They're very protective. Oh yeah, like it. how long did it take for Ava to, to even like get streaming out here? Like that's happening in almost a few months, isn't it? Right? Yeah. I mean, All that's... because, like, the license was yeah, that's hard because, to get that's from Guinness. Of, that's a fuck-up on the company who originally did everything. But, um... Yeah, Legend of Galactic Heroes. Super expensive. <laughs> okay, so we just finished episode one. Um... Lots of named characters. Holy shit, every time somebody shows up on screen, you've got a little subtitle telling you their rank and everything else. Did the two gunners get uh, get names? I don't think they, they did. Didn't. But I, I've heard from people that as it goes on, it gets to the point where they continuously, every time somebody shows up on screen, has those subtitles just so you don't forget. And so I feel like Eventually, if those two are kind of like a reoccurring group of characters that we keep seeing, like they will have name. subtitled names. It's like what My Hero Academia <laughs> does because they ha- like they started doing it in season two because people are like, I can't remember half the cast names. Like, well, every time you see them, the first time you see them, you will see their name pop up and what their quirk is too. Yeah, and every um, every eye catch has their name in the credits in case you forgot too. OP and EP, ED are pretty nice. Yeah, uh, OP starts, like, focuses on the Empire and all of, and its cast of characters, while the ED has the, the Alliance and all of their characters. And maybe, again, going back to our previous conversation about uh, the movie, how, again, Reinhardt's got that sort of aggressive, assertive way of... Uh, being a tactician and stuff so maybe it's like the opening you know the big triumphant like this is how the show starts versus Wenley on the side of the uh the galactic or uh, the free planet alliance and how he sort of he does like sort of a subdued way of like commanding stuff and so yeah it's reflected in even if you listen to the open the openings it's like the open or the opening and ending the opening is sort of operatic it's very bombastic bombastic yeah. and then the ending theme is very subdued and it's just like a calming sort of outro music and it reflects really well in both sides of the, the personalities yeah. of our characters yeah. yeah uh i guess we need to talk about the third group of people the fezzi fezzians P-H-E-Z-Z-A-N. When I first saw <laughs> the name pop up, I was like, I thought I thought it said pizza. <laughs> like, I, I cannot blame you for seeing the word pizza. That makes sense. So like, damn, I'm hungry. Makes sense. Uh, so there's a third group of people. The Neutral. Fez- the Switzerland of space. Sort of. Kind of. They're like, they're like, hey, we can make money out of this war. Switzerland. I mean, Switzerland just has all of everyone else's money. It's just like, well, bank. While you guys fight it out, we'll bank your shit. Yeah, I feel like they have very obvious ulterior motives. Hopefully, that comes to the forefront later. Yeah, but right now they're just like, nah, we're just we're gonna chill. War is a business. We'll do. Yeah, we'll do our thing. 
Um, oh, hey, Siegfried blinked. He blinked he, in the he LP. He did the LP. <laughs> so he it took like an LP. hour and like one minute. Got it in. <laughs> we were very much convinced in the movie because he's never seen blinking for some reason that he might have been a robot or just dead inside or... <laughs> Either you can be a robot and dead inside. Yep, there's multiple ways that can be. But nope, uh, Siegfried is alive and well, and is uh, been tasked with. I guess we get a bit of a weird vignette to his backstory. Uh, he has a pre-established, pre-established relationship with not only Reinhard but Reinhard's sister, and she is very much like Siegfried. If you're going to be Reinhard's right hand man this whole way, I need you to be absolutely in his care and like make sure he's not doing things that he shouldn't be doing reinhardt has already shown that he's aggressive and that he is assertive and it i can tell it may get him in hot water at some point so siegfried's kind of like there to like rein him in almost yeah if this unfolds the way i'm thinking it will and reinhardt you know kind of climbs up that ladder i can very much see if he starts attaining like a lot more seniority and like power within the empire that siegfried is going to be the lifeline that saves him from doing some kind of like massive fuck up basically the the trope i see (laughs) is the man behind the man no but not in the sense of like uh siegfried is controlling reinhardt he's just like hey man it's kind of almost like he's the checks and balances that yeah, we deserve. Exactly. So Siegfried might might be best boy. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that Siegfried potentially best boy. We'll see how things turn out. Um, should we talk about the lightsaber sound effect that yes. happened during the because <laughs> that that was like uh, when the battle starts, the first thing we hear is lightsaber. It, it's not even funny. Me and Ryan on literally the same beat. Lightsaber, lightsaber sound effects. <laughs> so good. Which was um, absent in the movie because it was just like. Yeah, I would say the battles felt a bit more appropriately paced in the show, the show proper instead of the movie. The movie was very much like this is operatic and we're giving you like the overture and the slow moving like we said submarine combat whereas this one it's not that the submarine combat's gone but it's definitely sped up for the time of like we have our 20 minute episode that we need to fit everything into we need to set the tone of how these battles will go like it's still naval combat but we get the view uh that was absent in the movie of like what does the explosion inside the ship look like when they just blow up? I feel so so sad for uh, Laps, I think uh, is his name. Yeah, I was about to say Lot. I don't think that's right. I think Laps. it's Laps. Um, if, you're watch- if anybody's watching along with us in the first episode, the uh, Wenli's friend who's in the Sixth Fleet, um... He bites the bucket. He That's, bites it oh, bad. I feel so bad. He's like pinned up against the wall and he's looking... With a giant piece of metal just like through Ugh. his lower abdomen. But like he's hanging in there. Yeah. And he gets like his last words out. Grabs like, that card from his significant other... Uh, what's her name? Uh, I, I thought it was Jessica. Was it Jessica? I, yeah. It sounded like Jessica. 
just staring at it. It's like a hologram projection of Jessica or whatever, and it's just like, man, that sucks. Like, but that does, hey, that does tell you that anybody and everybody is fair game in this. Yeah, this isn't like a, an Attack on Titan where you think everyone's fair game, but not, not until yeah. way later. Like, anyone can bite it. We're like, we're not afraid to tell you on the outset that there's going to be casualties, and I'm just like... I really hope Siegfried's okay. I really hope, um... Dusty? I hope Dusty does not... Oh my god. There's going to be major tears if Dusty dies. I'm just... I'm going to be like, Dusty was... Dusty was... He was too good for this. He was Wenli's main support through all of this, and it's just... It's gonna be real sad. There's other people that I can just see becoming casualties, like the what was it? There was, like, a lineup of, like, nine commanders for Reinhardt at the beginning there, there of the There was episode. five. Five guys. <laughs> there was a five, There was yeah. five guys, burgers and fries, <laughs> right in front of him, and he's, like, bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of tell that some, like, some of them are pretty disposable. But it's like maybe one or two of you are gonna the, make it the out. The people in the immediately the immediate vicinity of Reinhardt and Wenli, you're just like, I hope all of you just don't meet a tragic end. <laughs> like, and, and as those OPs in ED show, we still have a lot of characters. Oh to god, meet. yeah, we barely it's scratched a the massive <laughs> cast here. I I am surprised how many people that just scrolled past the screen in the first episode. I'm like, We're, like who are all of you. <laughs> and and for the Empire, just the most German names. Like, that guy, Paul. It was like, Paul von Arbenstein. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Start out normal, just go full-blown by the end of it. It's gonna be like, ugh. No, there was one, it was like, um... Mietermeyer? Yeah, Mietermeyer. There was Kaiser... Uh, Frederick. Friedrich. Uh, the fourth. The fourth. Yeah. I was about to say Kaiser <laughs> Wilhelm, but I was like, no, not not Wilhelm. The German influences are heavy. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh yes, as shown in the opening, uh, Reinhardt gets a proper cape in this adaption. Although we didn't actually see it in the episode you, proper, but I'm sure it's. I want to say that's like his formal uniform that he probably puts on when he's like, uh, in front of. I don't know, royalty or something. Or crowds and stuff like Th- yeah. that. I would assume that's his number ones. Yeah. To put on. He puts on the fucking cape. The massive cape. Maybe um, it's a rank thing. You I get guess, the cape at a certain rank, and he's a high admiral. Yeah. Uh, I guess in the opening, we kind of learn about a, a quick little glance at the state of things. The war has been pers- uh, ensuing for about 150 years, so. That's one of those things where you're like, this has obviously been a back and forth and nobody's really making any headway, but now you have these two central figures of our story who will hopefully expand the war to different heights and different directions. Maybe bring about an end? (laughs) Question mark? Question mark? Um, there are no lines of good or evil. No, this is a very... Gray. Side A, side B, they're both fighting for their own ideologies, and neither one of them is technically wrong or right. They're just they're just different. They're fundamentally it's, it's different. It's how war should be depicted. <laughs> As like they're 
really is no good. This or evil was the here. most peaceful war ever fought. <laughs> it's just like what? Listen, no one was co- doing any sort of genocide on the side. That was that apparently happened before. That that was hinted in in the books that uh, the empire does have some shady uh, a shady backstory. Backstory. <laughs> they also, did some bad back. In the also, day. the Free Planets Alliance was formed inside of a meteor. What? Question. Yeah, there was a lot of things in the book. <laughs> they they definitely glossed over that in the show. They're like, okay, here's the setup, and here's <laughs> here's our characters proper. So, also, despite the alliance having the numbers advantage, like two to one to the empire, they get their shit riggedy riggedy wrecked. Yeah, that was massive wreckage. So, like, obviously, having a good commander is key. And the show really wants to establish that. Like, if you are tactically sound like Reinhardt and you just, you get it. You get how this shit works. Yeah. You're going to be successful despite any sort of disadvantage. Yeah. Wenli has a line where he talks about his friend Lap and how it was, um, he is a really good commander or whatever, but because of who he was, or. Uh, He's not the, the CO. Yeah. Um, yeah, but because his friend wasn't the one in charge and was just following orders, he kind of fell to the wayside just because of having bad people in, like, full command. Yeah. And, yeah, you're right, it's very much trying to set up, it's like, your commanders are everything in this. It's like those video games where it's like, um, defend the one crucial member type yeah. thing and in this like in fire emblem if your main character dies it's yeah like, the it's, game it's is over, over because so, your, yeah. your tactician is gone no or crom in some case <laughs> like no the king's dead fuck mm-hmm. also i'm very jealous of the uh the power sleep machines those would be handy <laughs> eight hours of sleep in an hour oh what? boy <laughs> how do you do that i hope they come out of those things refreshed and not super groggy because that would be unfortunate yeah anything else episode one let me just check my notes really good setup I like interested in where things go um again the name thing kind of seems intimidating from the onset but they give you stuff on screen and hopefully it's just like certain names click with certain images and eventually you're like oh, okay i know who's who and yeah what's what so space uh, death is gnarly that's all I, that's all death, i really got space yeah. death is gnarly but i'm intrigued to see where it goes yeah. um okay we are now going to jump into episode two so we will pause this and then we will come right back <laughs>
back from episode two. Um, I liked it. We got into a bit more with uh, Siegfried and Reinhardt and how I felt. Yeah, Siegfried was kind of really reeling him in as best as he could. Like, uh, Reinhardt was rather aggressive this episode. Like, yeah, he was really... super greedy about, like, they were like, oh, it was two to one, but you did, like, a lot more damage. What was it? The The Empire suffered 150,000. Yeah, 150, casualties. To the to, Alliance's like, 1 million, 500. 1.5 yeah. million yeah. or something. <sighs> so, like... <laughs> that those are numbers very rem reminiscent of like battles during the Eastern Front in the Second World War, where it would be like, oh, the the Germans they lost, but the Russians had like three times the casualty, like almost ten times the casualties. I mean, you you see it at the end where it's like they show that pincer move that they were doing, where the uh, alliance's fleet split off and then circled around. Uh, the like Empire. they used, uh, and, like the the Empire was coming in, they were coming directly to kind of overrun their position, and they split the forces. But that was all part of uh, Wenli's plan, and they end up behind them, and uh, I believe they get some hits in. Yeah, that way you would just think that would be like such a, a like uh, super advantageous move that like they would have got more hits in. And then it's just like, oh yeah, but like here's the stats for like how many people they lost. And I think that that shows you the might of the Empire. Like that definitely shows you how much more power they have going into it. They seem <laughs> to have uh, more advanced weaponry on their side, almost. Yeah. I guess we learned about the... Uh, whatever their super hadron colliding super weapon thing was that was like just decimating the alliance it, it didn't blow up anything it like disintegrated anything in its path yeah uh we found out that the uh the watery surface we had talked about on the fortress and the uh previous parts is actually like a liquid metal which i found kind of fascinating that's it was pretty like, cool no it's not I mean, I guess you can't assume it was water. I you could you, you could, could have thought you could make it was the case water. that it was yeah. like water or something. Just as like a protective thing that's like somehow generated, but then you find out it's like this weird like metal substance. So probably like a plasma almost yeah. or something, right? Where it's like we can phase through this, and then there must be a way where they can like activate something that won't allow the alliance to come through. Because otherwise, I'd be like, that's a super huge like. Design Se security, flaw. yeah. <laughs> security well, like, problem. I, yeah, I assume it has like some sort of hardening agent. Like, uh, they'll just it'll just be like lock mode almost. Yeah, it'll just lock out anything. Yeah, uh, they mention how uh the Eason uh Eason for uh, the fortress um is a recent addition to the war. How it's only been like thirty years since they developed it, but since they've developed it, now you have basically um this corridor effect in space because I guess the parts outside of it, outside of this area of space that they can travel through, like is almost like not impenetrable. Not so much impenetrable, but like unnavigatable for some reason. Like, I don't know if there's asteroids or like space something else. Wind. <laughs> space wind. Space <laughs> wind. 
It's just, it's very violent out there. So yeah, they've, they've now got this section of the, on the two sides of the battlefield, basically. There's this section in the middle now where, because you can't travel outside of it in either direction, it's just like a corridor. And so they're funneling all their troops in there. And it seems like a lot of the battle recently has just been isolated and kind of focused around here. Into they, this one. They talk about how the first four, uh, Tiamat battles have all taken place in that corridor. So, we'll definitely see probably a shit ton of the fortress. Because yeah. ev- everything is just happening in this, like, stretch of space. <laughs> and then, once you get outside the corridor, it you you know, you have your left side of the universe, which is probably the, like, the Alliance, and then the right side, which is the, the Empire. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really interesting that they can't just use a wide net to attack each other they're very much shrunken down to a singular stretch of battle battlefield quote unquote Mm -hmm. um so yeah definitely going to see a bunch of the fortress and uh it'll be interesting because the way that the corridor works and the where the fezians are also placed uh based on what i saw on the map it's like there so it's what it is is it's like two big branches and then they come to almost like um both of them kind of fork into each other and so there's like a circle in the center of it and then on the one side of the circle i'd almost have to draw a diagram for this (laughs) but like on the one side of the circle is the corridor where all the battles have been happening and on the opposite side is where the fezians are and i wonder if in the center of the circle, since they're on the border of it, if the Fezians might do something with, like, the center of that circle and start, Maybe. like, planning things that way. Because no, nobody is nobody is attacking the Fezians. They're going that direction to, like... They're probably getting resources from them and stuff. Oh, yeah, they gotta be getting something out of this. So, think of a circle, cut it in half. On the south side is the Fezians, and on the north side is where the corridor is. And I just feel like the center of that circle is going to become this, like, weird common ground thing that might come into play later. Because they'll probably realize that they can, like, they can maybe traverse that part. Who knows? Maybe it's also a part of space that's all rocky and you can't do anything. Yeah. It's a really interesting battlefield. Because it's just, yeah, it's not all of space is open and you can just back and forth it's so shrunken down to just a singular section that of space. probably is to the series benefit because if you had all of space to work with then the real question would be like how 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 come they're not outmaneuvering everyone then uh like having a much smaller area uh makes any sort of movement a lot harder and uh when things do work and you do outmaneuver your enemy, it becomes all that more important. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's nice to now see kind of the map that's drawn out for where the parameters are for stuff. Um. Let's talk about at the beginning when Wenli's ship gets massively fucked up. <laughs> they, they take a they take a big hit. Uh, that results in a, well, it wasn't even their ship, well, their ship got, like, almost a side effect of an, of a ship blowing up right beside them, which, uh, 
Uh, because I thought those were just, like, windows to the outside. <laughs> yeah. I thought everyone, like... Well, yeah, you you see it, and you're like, the vacuum of space is gonna suck all these people out, but, as you were pointing out, it's almost like, um, metal like, with a sort of trans... Or not transparent, but, like, a reflective surface or cameras that, like, show the outside of the ship. Yeah. So they weren't... <laughs> they weren't getting as much of the vacuum of space in their ship. But ships. there's still an explosion that rocks the ship enough that uh, it causes the commander... Uh, the commanding officer of the ship to be knocked out of the battle. Not killed, but it does mean uh, Wenli steps in as second-in-command to take over. And thus does help change the tide of battle. So, l- losing the limiters... He gets to show off his uh, command prowess and probably saves a lot of lives in the process. Yeah, because I think there there was a bit of dialogue where they were talking about it was going to be way worse if he hadn't stepped in and done um, all the maneuvering. Basically, at that point in the battle, uh, the, uh, the Alliance couldn't win. The best they could do was get to a draw, which obviously they had to get that. Best case scenario, you can't win, go back to the drawing board. I'm glad somebody, <laughs> it was really funny for a moment there, uh, when Lee is bleeding from his forehead, and for some reason we were kind of both curious as to why nobody could get him a band-aid. <laughs> but to be fair, Dusty had broke his arm, so I feel like he was getting all the attention, and it's like, yeah. oh, you're just bleeding? Here, take this band-aid. <laughs> like, yeah. And I don't know if, like, their commander, like, broke a leg, or, like... He was in a... T- he was in, a, like, a body, um... They have, like, these clear glass... I don't want to call them caskets, but, like, these containers that they put injured people in. Yeah, it's, uh, their gurney system. Yeah. yeah. And, um... Probably yeah. to protect them more. Yeah, when, when Lee's, uh... Yeah, when Lee's commanding officer was very, apparently very fucked up from that so it was funny because they like he they acknowledge that like he's hurt or something and he's just fucking lying there. like <laughs> Wendley's just like oh whatever he's my my exact my, there. my exact note is uh i've fallen and i can't get up <laughs> my fucking knee uh, just imagine he has one of those life alert necklaces and he's hitting uh, the button please help <laughs> No. Uh, do we want to talk about uh the p? No, no. Okay, we can't talk about the piano yet. Well, Not I yet. guess we can. Uh, we we could. Um, we talk about the piano because that was some tasty cheese right there. Yeah. So some gouda. Uh, as we mentioned in a previous little bit, um, one of the characters, uh, Lap Commander Lap, I believe. Uh, he ended up dying by getting pinned by metal, and then uh, in this episode. I guess they are talking they, to his fiance Jessica. They do the uh, the classic. Oh, here's the battle update, uh, and then she like calls the uh, naval office and is like, uh, "Is my fiance okay? Is he is he alive?" And he, she is notified that he has been double promoted. <laughs> Immediately hangs up. He's fucking dead. And then, in one of the cheesiest things I've ever seen in an anime, it goes. Uh, so she's got a p- she's got a grand piano, and above it, or I guess it's not a grand piano. It's like it's a piano. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's got like one of those shelves above it, and she's got a picture of Lap up there. Um, 
and it zooms in on the picture and then does a piano sting, like a shocking, like, dun, like, kind of thing. And then uh, immediately cuts to her laying on the piano, and I'm like, this is the, <laughs> this is the cheesiest thing, because you wanted a piano sting, but you made it, like, a diegetic sound within <laughs> the actual show itself, instead of just being a, yeah, like an instead outside just, sound it effect. It would have had the... <laughs> Reverse, like, almost a more emotional impact if it was, if she, if they didn't have, like, the, <laughs> if it was just, like, her just, like, weeping. I would have, I would have been actually more okay with a sad violin. Yeah. Like, I would have been okay with just, like, sad violin. But no, it's just, like, doom, and it's, like, that's just so. <laughs> very cheesy. So it was odd. very funny. Yeah. But, like kind of took away from probably what they were going for there. Yeah. But still, I'll take some cheesy, funny shit. Uh, yeah. And then to double hammer home the effects of war, we have Wenli meeting Jessica at the mass grave that they have for soldiers. Uh, and of course, she's crying over Lap, who is passed on now. They also make the clear point of none of these graves have people in them. Yeah. And uh, Jessica decides she has some choice words for Wen Lee when she says, you don't really, I, I don't know if she's not saying you don't really care, but she's like, your job is war. Your job is war. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, yeah, kind of, when you're in the business of battle, it kind of is, that kind of is your job. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that's her kind of being like. You should have been there for my husband or fiance. Or but whatever. she also acknowledges that, like, there was probably nothing he could have done. They were in, in two different fleets. Yeah. It's just, like, the immediate emotions coming out. Yeah. They definitely want you to see that it's, like, just because they're people in these big floating ships and it doesn't seem like it's a, like a... The stakes aren't there, but... Yeah. They, they are there. Yeah. Uh, war's hell. War is hell is the overt message in really any of these shows. Oh, I have a. <laughs> I have my notes double labeled as episode one and episode one. That should be episode one and episode two. I can't type apparently. Anyways, um, I still always go back to that picture of like the Gundam uh, fire uh, firing. It's like actual message of like. War is bad, and all of, like, that, and politics and stuff, but, like, it goes over the person's head, and it's just like, cool mecha! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, we forgot to mention when we were talking about episode one, but, uh, it's Reinhardt's sister's birthday during this, uh, battle that is going <laughs> he's, on. He's gonna get her a victory <laughs> present. I don't know. I still think she looks like a blonde Lana Del Rey in anime form. Yeah. <laughs> all that other stuff. Uh, her and her friend back home are excited for Reinhardt to come home. And they are chilling out and drinking their Clamato and vodka, I assume. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. It did not look like wine. It was... It was a uh, Mott Clamato. It was much more of a ready orange. A Caesar. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that is episode two. Uh, we are going to pause again as we go watch episode three, and then we will be back in a little bit.
interesting. Hey. A lot more politics going on in this episode. Yeah. Um. There was a lot to unpack in this episode. We def- Okay, this- First off, nothing of the Empire in this episode. This was all- This all was alliance-focused as shit. Um, I guess we kind of delved into what the Alliance's main ideology is. It definitely claims- Uh, claims? <laughs> Paints a clear picture of, um- what at least the Alliance wants on their side of the battle. And in a weird way, I think it kind of shows what the uh, Empire's goal is. So the Alliance is very much uh, for personal or individual freedoms and their democracy, and they want to, yeah, just kind of uphold the idea that um, things are kind, like the, I don't know how to explain it. People shouldn't be subjugated, they should be able to have free will and live out their own yes. lives and not necessarily, you know, be under a Be monarchy. under the rule of thumb of the monarchy, yeah. Yeah. Um, it for sure paints this story as something that could happen. Like, this is where it starts less becoming science fantasy as it is science, like... I don't want to say science nonfiction, but, like... Political drama. Um, low science science fiction, almost. Like, how a low fantasy is almost like a modern setting. Yeah. But, uh... It's like, hey, this is an outcome for the future potentially like i could very much see if technology got up there and like certain societies you know advanced instead of other ones and there's just these ideologies fighting each other like it's there's nothing when i see that the only thing that's fantastical about it i guess is yeah it's a sci-fi and there's like space hovering shift in yeah. space and all that kind of stuff but other than that, it's like, I'm sorry. It's the, very down to earth. Yeah, the idea of what they're fighting for is so... It's happening right now. Legitimate, yeah. <laughs> it's not... It's. I feel like... When it's, other, very, it's a very real thing. Yeah. And like other war stories, it's always so focused on the combat. And I this episode opens up the idea that this is very much going... Yeah, it's going to be more introspective it's gonna look harder at like yeah what these ideologies stand for and yeah i there will be an importance placed on battles but it's yeah it's gonna be a political drama where like we're talking about what is what is the proper way to go about a society i guess yeah uh especially during the press conference out after the battle with the secretary of defense uh and just it seems that the alliance holds death in a high regard mm-hmm. almost you die for your nation uh where have we heard that before mm-hmm. uh 
I'm curious to see if maybe on the opposite side of the spectrum for the Empire, it's very much you're dying for your king or your leader. For king country. Yeah. It's really almost two sides of the same coin. And that's I think that's the thing where you don't know... There isn't really the good evil in this story. It's... Yeah, like you said, it's the two sides of the one coin thing almost. Yeah, I definitely see this being very much similar ideologies just different in how they're politically structured yeah this is a lot more a lot more of a government like a democracy uh but uh very a lot of pride in your nation to the point of concerning nationalism uh as we literally <laughs> oh god <laughs> the the was it the pck the pkc the pkc yeah which is like their nationalist yeah it was um the i can't remember what the p stands night corpse or something they're they're like, yeah it's kind of clear who they're similar to yeah uh, i'll say this this episode, to me, kind of showed why this series is intimidating for people, but not in the usual way. Because I think for most people, it's like, oh, it's from the 80s, the animation is old, that kind of stuff. And you see the length of it, and it's long. It's and I can long. I can see that, but if you can get past those things, I think the second hurdle is starting to, again, dive into these like deep political ideologies of the show and i feel like as this is go as we get further into it it's going to start getting very like it seems kind of political talk like a political jargon heavy but like we're gonna get like real political jargon heavy and like where we start having to take like notes on i guess yeah i don't know like we, it, yeah. it's hard to describe it's hard to describe um, we're gonna have to start taking notes on like what people are actually saying in these conversations about like both the ideologies as a bigger whole like it's going to it's going to be like okay so the alliance is about freedom of the individual and all that kind of stuff and then maybe an episode will come up and it'll explore like a certain avenue of said freedoms and why they should have them or shouldn't have them, like that kind of thing, like almost like a political science class. Yeah, like, I feel like it could yes. get to that level. Uh, the the thing that really stuck out for me in this episode was how it ended, and while uh, Wang Li uh, was at the airport, uh, an old lady and her grandson come up to him, and she was very proud. That her husband and son both have died in combat. And that uh, she claims that her uh, grandson wants to be a soldier as well. And Wenli, uh, he basically like gives the, the piece of like, hey, I'd rather him grow up in a time of peace than in a time of war. Mm-hmm. Which should be the ultimate goal of both sides glory is secondary peace is the ultimate attainable goal whether that is democratically or by 
subduing and causing your enemy to surrender. But yeah. yeah. I almost feel like I kind of want to, now I kind of want to read a bunch of like poli-sci books. Like, I feel like I might enjoy, like, I'm not saying I'm not enjoying it, but I feel like I might get a lot more out of it. Get more out of it. Just if I kind of, but yeah, sort of, like looking into the specific ideas of like the freedom of the individual versus, you know, serving the leader type mentalities and all that kind of stuff. Um... Let's see, what did I have in my notes? Uh, so, I guess this episode opens with <laughs> a really apt, aptly uh, depicted scene of Wenli being a lazy bum and not wanting to go to a ceremony, the like, ceremony eh, that's happening. I'm, I'm hurt. <laughs> he is, so I'm just gonna chill he on is my couch. at home with, uh, I assume, his roommate, Julian. I assume so. Who we might have thought was a woman at first, but he's just one of those pretty boys that he's, gets yeah. away with it. <laughs> Um, Maybe they're gay. We don't know yet. Yeah. It's too early I mean, it, that would be... I mean, in a show about... If we're talking about, like, the idea of, you know, uh, servitude versus personal freedom. Freedom of the individual. If it's, like, one of the... I'm not saying it's a twist, but, like, a progressive viewpoint in this show, even though it's from the 80s, being like, oh, your main character might have a homosexual relationship. Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. He's never expressed anything. There's no women. Well, he got letters from... It's interesting. He's gotten letters from fangirls, but he kind of brushes them aside. And that makes me almost think maybe that is what they're trying to kind of do. And just be like, in the the future, you know, having all these personal freedoms, you can sort of have these kind of relationships. That's... They're more widely accepted. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not knowing what's about to happen yeah, in this we're, series. We're on episode three. Yeah, we got a lot more to go. Yeah, before we can but it is it is an interesting fan theory, and I think if that's if they're wanting to talk about servitude versus personal freedoms, that is an interesting way of showing those personal freedoms is the freedom of, to love who you want to love or like, um, yeah, you know, just. Kill who you want to kill. kill. Who you want to kill. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's. I hope that's not where. Well, we did see the PKCs, and they look like they're ready to they're, kill. They're ready they to do some real nasty shit. So. Um. So, uh, what happens is uh, in this episode uh, at the ceremony, uh, Jessica, the widow of uh, Lap from the previous episode, Jean Robert, Jean Robert Lap, who finally got a full. Uh, we had a full name before. I just forgot yeah. it. Um, so Lap's fiance Jessica, uh, decides to, as the leader of the Free the, Planet the Secretary Alliance, of Defense. Yeah, the Secretary of Defense is, uh, giving an address, and she decides to get up from the crowd and approach him at the podium he's at, and she asks him, while everybody else was fighting... And dying. And, like di- my, and dying. Like my fiance, where were you? That's a bold question, and it's a good question to ask, because she then goes on to say how, you know, you preach all this stuff about how you give yourself for your country and all, yada, 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 but you don't practice what you preach. It's, it reminds me of the old quotes of, like, uh, young men dying in an old man's war. Yeah. Uh, very that. And like a lot of <laughs> politicians bickering over I, I remember I watched uh, All Quiet on the Western Front uh, which 
British movie set uh, during the First World War on uh, looking at a German perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when uh, the main character goes home on leave for a couple weeks, uh, he see like... Uh, he's at a bar with, I think, his father and a bunch of his dad's friends, and they're all, like, talking about, like, military strategies and, like, how, like, they could crush the enemy if they moved into these positions and all that, and he's just off-putted by it. And how it's like, I'm the one who is dying, me and my friends are out there dying while you, all you old men bicker about the bureaucracy here. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm really liking this so far, <laughs> how it's challenging these ideals. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, when people say this is the show that should have been called Star Wars, I, it's becoming very apparent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so after she does her little spiel in front of everybody, uh, the Secretary of Defense is like, I don't need none of that happening in my, <laughs> in my, at my address. Let's you get- wild and get out of here. <laughs> she gets booted out the door. Then we are followed up with a lovely scene of a bunch of nationalists uh, about ready to gang up and beat the shit out of Jessica. But before that, like, they, they sing the national anthem mm, yes which is important to that scene too uh it was also kind of funny because like they they zoom like the secretary of defense is like uh play the national anthem and like the conductor clearly in front of the brass section uh and the first thing you hear is like the strings <laughs> and it's like <laughs> just God the, damn it. the wrong instrument the absolute wrong instrument <laughs> And, um, yeah, the entire play, you hear the national anthem, and then it cuts outside to Jessica walking outside, and she's confronted by nationalists who hum the national anthem while they surround her. With lead pipes, and you're like, oh dear. That's um, concerning. Thank God Wenli and Dusty are smarter than that. I think it was Julian with them, too. Uh, no, he was back at home. He was back at home. Yeah, so Dusty and Wenli, being smart, are like... Uh, even before she got surrounded, when they saw her getting dragged away on TV, were like, like something is about to happen. We need to go deal with this. So they, you know, gear up quick and get out there. And so, luckily, Jessica doesn't have uh, the same fate as her fiancé. And uh, they decided to pick her up quick and get away from the Nationalists. And then... Take their back, take her back to uh, Wenli's house. Unfortunately, the uh, nationalists have a lovely scanner that scans the license plate of the car they got away in, and they find out that it is a car that belongs to Dusty, and that one of the members of the PKC remembers that Dusty is a good friend of uh, Wenli's, and so they somehow beat they, them to Wenli's yeah. house. <laughs> And Julian's, like, when they get inside, Julian's like, Dude, that is fucked! They got a problem! <laughs> out of the, uh... Out of the, uh, frying pan and into the lion's den. So to speak. Um... Uh, so they are trying to think of, uh... Ways to defend themselves as they are being, uh... Basically... 
bombarded at home. Uh, the PKCs are throwing grenades through their windows, yeah. and yada, yada, yada. And Wenli, because he is the brilliant strategist that he is, decides to turn on the water sprinkler system, which apparently has the full force of a hydro cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he turns them on to defend against the PKCs by pushing them back. and Which he, also notifies yeah. the fire department, which yeah. attracts more attention. Which I thought was a really smart move. Uh, just as, like, that makes sense. You would have this water system hooked up into a thing. I mean, you, you think about having home alarm systems with fire detectors in them. They call 911. They yeah. call the emergency. So even back in the 80s, they're like, this is a, That's a, good this is a really smart Let's move. Let's expand to- <laughs> on it. <laughs> the writers were definitely thinking that day. Um, yep, so then the fire department shows up, and the PKCs, they all flee, because they're like, uh, we don't need this, and... They save the day and send Jessica off on a plane. And yeah. On to the next thing we'll have to deal with. So. They also bring up, uh, like, how, despite the fact that this is, like, a community, a military community in there, where they are, uh, they bring up the fact that no one's coming outside to, like, see what the PKC is doing. And they bring up the fact that it's like they have the right to turn the blind eye. They have that freedom living in this uh, society. Uh, which, that's a neat look into that. It's only until the the fire department starts showing up and people start coming outside that uh, uh, the PAC is like, oh shit. <laughs> Cheese it! <laughs> Get out! Um... Let's see, do they have anything else? Oh, I forgot to mention this. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, we got a Praise the Sun moment. Uh, there was a statue yes. with its hands to the sky, and uh, that was that Turn was those nice. palms out, bam, it's solar. That was great. <laughs> got to Praise the Sun even back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, yes, uh, before the end of this, uh, the lo- before they send Jessica off, uh, Wenley is, uh, meets with the Secretary of Defense and, uh, confronts him about, uh, doing something to take care of the PKCs, uh, which he agrees to, but then he, uh, also tells him that he expects great things from Wenley, uh, and in the next scene he meets with a couple of his commanding officers and they are tasking him with now going with a small fleet of 700,000 troops to take down the fortress that uh, we had mentioned was in that little uh, pocket pocket middle space uh, in that corridor. So now he is charged with taking down the enemy fortress. He's also promoted to Rear Admiral, I believe, yes. from Commodore. Yeah. I might have missed that. I might have yeah. taken down that space. Yeah. So he's got a new task at hand, and I'm thinking that's it's half the force he normally should be going into battle with. Yeah. So. I'm thinking this will develop into an arc where they're definitely trying to. I don't think it will be like a two episode thing to take down the fortress. Like this is this gonna is be a mission. <laughs> most of the season, I think. Yep. That makes sense. Make the best with what you've got. Yep. Which I think it's going to be the mo of Wendley. It'll be interesting um, to see. Now that we've had the very <laughs> alliance-focused episode, if now in episode four when we get there, if it's a uh, empire birthday Focus. birthday party, birthday birthday, yeah, it'll yeah, just they're be going back part. to uh, Reinhardt's sister's birthday, so 
Birthday party. Birthday party. That's why I assume. Well, we'll, we won't know until we watch episode four. Yep. Um, But yeah, I think that is uh, it for this one. That does it for the first episode of Legend of the Galactic Novices. Which we totally decided on midway through the episodes. Because we're like, neither one of us knows anything about this show, but we will attempted and so far it's been great yeah no I'm, I'm like that le- if that last last episode wasn't sell well if anything that we watched up to the last episode wasn't selling me which it already was selling me that last episode definitely sold it on me yes. so can't wait to watch more all right all right we will catch all of y'all on the flip side thank you for joining us today and uh have fun out there <laughs> don't die in space <laughs>